Like Valentine's Day food? No. No, no I show. Really. Okay. I just let me ask. Wait, wait, ask the question again. I didn't hear you. If if somebody wants to order me Valentine's Day food, oh, I still can't hear you. No, without. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's just disrespectful. <laughs> the network even, is breaking on your thought, side. You even thought she genuinely couldn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> it's breaking on your end. Sorry. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. I'll find somebody that wants. Instead of you to find mine, it's us you're you asking. Can you not embarrass me? The man you, you have will buy you food. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Hi guys, it's your host Matilda. And your host Ediza. And your other host, Imama. And you're listening to the Africa Lipso podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode. We are joined today by a guest, Tony. Tony, can you please go ahead and um, let them know what you do? And just introduce yourself. Okay, hi guys. My name is Tony. I am a medical student. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm currently in my third year of med school. Um, yeah, like what? What do you want me to say? I live, in America. I live in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, I'm Nigerian, obviously. Um, it's not too obvious. Ah, uh, my accent, no. <laughs> I don't know. No, the now made you Nigerian. Yeah. Everything else. <laughs> he said the now made wow, you Nigerian. This is, very, this is quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite embarrassing. Um, yeah, so I'm Nigerian um, med student. I live in Philadelphia. Honestly, my life is kind of boring, you guys. But aside from med school, I do have a passion for like makeup and fashion, but that's kind of just on the side. But like, really school is my life 90% of the time. Do you have like a YouTube or something? I don't. I literally just like, I just like to think that I'm a content creator in my head. I mean, she has a fire Instagram though, so there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Could you drop your Instagram, please? please. I want to paint. (laughs) Wait, I should say it now. Yeah, yeah. I can edit it out if you want, but if you want them to find you. It's fine. My Instagram is at Tony Okuboyejo. Um, Yeah. Could you spell that? Um, Tony, and then my last name is O-K-U-B-O-Y-E-J-O. I found you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're okay. private. I'll, don't worry, I'll accept you. Why not? I'll okay. accept you. Is Matilda Tony? Yes. Um, what did you study before med school? Um, I went to undergrad in New Jersey at Rutgers. I did a major in biology and a minor in French. Ooh. Ooh, so say Sorry, come on, come on to tapel. I'm screaming. Not come on to tapel, but you know, surely you can do better. Bonjour, le merci. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and the reason Tony is joining us really today is because we're going to be discussing the idea of like racism in healthcare. But before we actually jump into the topic, how have you guys' weeks been? And we can start with Tony. My week has been okay. Um, I currently started, I started a new rotation, which is basically like when you do work in a different like specialty in medicine. So I'm currently on my emergency medicine rotation, which has been interesting so far. And then I got my second dose of my COVID vaccine, which kind of took- No! Really? I'm so jealous. Like, I'm so I jealous. It, I was like, wow. How? Like, I mean, that's like one dose. 
I felt great now, but like the day I took it, oh my, like I genuinely felt very sick. Really? Want, yeah. they, they're actually injecting you with the tinge. No, they're not injecting <laughs> you with coffee and that is that. No, they're not. I will. I'm seeing you guys. So let me get come? my soapbox. But okay, so let me know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take too much time. But basically, how vaccines work is that so this vaccine is, um, they're giving you a COVID protein. Mm-hmm. So, like, the or pro COVID mRNA, which basically is going to be translated into a protein, and then your body is going to like recognize this foreign protein and be like, "This is not, this isn't right." Then it's going to like am- um, amount to an immune response. So exactly. the reason that you get like the right. fevers, the chills, no, no, but it's no. not the actual Catch COVID. Yeah, You're not getting COVID. actual. Yeah. COVID. it's not actual yeah, COVID yeah, yeah, yeah. that they put in you. Yeah, yeah definitely. A COVID protein. So like something okay. like the influenza vaccine, like the flu vaccine. Um, hepatitis, I think hepatitis, hepatitis B vaccine, a couple other vaccines have the actual virus in them. Mm-hmm. But not this one. But not this one, which is actually better because for like the influenza vaccine, like we, this is something we have to get every year in America. You know, it's actually like 40, 60% effective. The COVID vaccine is 90 something percent effective, mm-hmm. which is, so I think that's much, much better. Oh, uh, so, so you can like move to this world like, ah, like anyhow. Wow. No, but seriously, like you're actually money. moving different now. Oh yeah, my. in like two Tony weeks, I'll technically. She said, I'll "I guess you know in two weeks, I'll does. technically be like ninety-five percent." Um, wow. I'm not like a 95% immune, but hopefully I don't get COVID. That's the plan. Yeah. I heard though that they, they haven't actually verified if you can still be a carrier. That's the thing. So no one knows like how long. No, because like obviously COVID has only been really a thing for a year. So mm-hmm. one, we don't know how long immunity from vaccines last. Mm-hmm. Two, people don't actually know like if you have the immunity, are you still able to transmit? Like those stuff are kind of difficult to measure because like who, how, why do you actually want to test out someone's ability to transfer COVID? <laughs> like how do you even measure that? So like, yeah. yeah. So hopefully fingers crossed, I can't transmit COVID to someone else just because like I still have to like go home to my parents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no one knows. It's all a gamble. Man, I felt hair like I felt horrible when I had the vaccine. Please don't loud it too much. If not, people won't take this vaccine. Please, I beg. <laughs> but no, I no, won't. No, but but I'm, like, I'm joking. You're not joking. You're not joking. But no, but yeah, right. Some people like here because people like so when I work with patients about like educating them on vaccines, like I try to get my patients to take their flu vaccine every year. And people are like, Oh, I don't want to get the flu vaccine because when I got it last year, I got the flu. And I'm like, that's, that's not how that works. Like the, you got an immune response to the flu. You didn't actually get the flu. Like, yes, you felt horrible, but it wasn't actually the flu. If you the had the flu, flu, it would be worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but people just like don't like getting sick or don't like feeling sick. Yeah. I think we need more people in the black community actually talking about the vaccine yep. because yep. like we generally don't trust healthcare and that's mm-hmm. a thing and that's that fair. works. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. No. Yeah. It's, it's fair. fair. It's, it's fair. A fair reason to not. There's many. I can talk about medical history and racism for days. Oh, many- we are going to do this. <laughs> this is the episode for it. <laughs> Tony. Yeah. Is that uh, medical racism something talked about within your, like the, I guess, med school at all? Um, so yes. Well, so, so I took a class. My school was offering a, an elective 
on racism in healthcare. And I personally think that everyone should be forced to take that class. So um, it was about 15 of us in the class. Of course, it they will make it mentor. an elective. It was an elective. <laughs> it was actually my mentor who was teaching the class. So by default, I was like, okay, I'm going to take it. And it was such an informative class. Like I learned so much. And this was in my first year of med school. So at this time, like George Floyd hadn't happened. Breonna Taylor hadn't happened. Mm. Obviously there was still racism, but like people were not really talking about it like that. And then this summer, after like the whole Black Lives Matter movement kind of came back to the surface, med schools across the entire country were like doing photo shoots for kneeling and all this nonsense. <laughs> And so my school actually asked me, my friend and I um, actually were trying to do like a protest or like a silent kneel and it turned out to be a school wide event, which is fine. Like, you know, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate that my school actually not only did that, like it wasn't just performative, but they actually took the measures to change um, and do a reform in the curriculum. Um, And my mentor was like a big part of that. And they actually asked students to like contribute to that. So they're still in the process of changing the curriculum for like the incoming classes for future years to come. But they're mm-hmm. definitely talking about racism in medicine more. I think that, you know, like when you have white people at the top, they still get a little uncomfortable talking about racism yeah. and talking yeah. about race. But it's definitely better than when I first started, I will say. But there's much room for growth when it comes to the topic. Yeah. Nice. Look at you mm-hmm. like uh, making reform and like starting a movement. Kind I of was not even yeah, like I literally texted my friend. <laughs> I was hoping I was expecting like 10 of us to show up next day in a school wide event. I was like, huh? Wow. What's going on? That would be so cool. Yeah, it was pretty It's cool, cool, but then I, I also like how much of it is just hopping on a bandwagon yeah. kind of mm. thing. Do you get some what I mean? Some schools, and let me tell you, some schools definitely were just doing it just to like, just to do it. Yeah. Like photo up and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how is, how's everyone else's week been? My week has been good. It's been nice. Um, um, actually, it wasn't good. It was okay. No. <laughs> Why did you I take always, it back? Because it sounded no, so excited. Like, I always, I always default to say it was good, but like, I actually sat down. Like, I actually thought about it, and I'm like, wait, it was actually really stressful. Is what it was. It was, yeah, it was a very, very stressful, very busy week. Like, just work wise and like school wise. But like, ultimately. Valentine's is coming, so that's exciting. Valentine's is coming. <laughs> okay, we've been doing this literally every week. Like, I think we did this last week as well. This yeah. Valentine's is coming. <laughs> Valentine's thing. is coming. I think and we'll do it next week too, so. <laughs> when it actually comes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it hasn't, it might, my week has been okay. It was, it was not the greatest. It was just very, very busy. Hopefully this week is a better week. I was working very weird hours last week. But yeah, like now I'm back to my normal schedule. So yeah, it's, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, my week has been okay. I recently, um, I've been working lots of hours for the past couple of days, and I'm gonna be working like this until Tuesday. So I'm just sounds like, like more money, though. I mean, more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's been good too. My birthday's tomorrow. Oh, Exciting time! Uh, <laughs> thank you. And we're gonna watch like Wonder Woman. I paid that thirty dollars. I heard that it was no good. I know, but uh. like, I feel like. I feel like uh. when people say things are not good, I feel like we have to question 
what they mean because like they might just mean I've paid it already it must be good but I just feel like it's probably like critics that are saying it's not good like what they mean by it's not good exactly I'm just that is not good that's what they mean. I've paid 30 dollars you guys please <laughs> please don't worry if, if it's not good we'll all just like we will all act like it's good but part one was good like you yeah, know part one was good part one yeah was good. so like I'm uh, getting small chops. Wait, why, why was it thirty dollars? Okay, it's kind of like Mulan. Mm-hmm. Cause but like Mulan, it's like was Mulan thirty dollars? They're yeah, about before, like, before December. I think they oh. said after December something that was free on Disney. Yeah, it was eh? free on Disney. Eh? Eh? Yeah, yeah, Mulan ended up being free on. Disney. But even we paid for it. I remember? know, like that's why that day I was just like, I was just like, remember it was not me that paid for it. It was me. <laughs> like that day I was like, I don't guess, but you people said I wanted to watch it, so we paid I for it. I said I would wait up to December to watch Mano. it. Yeah, no, they really, they really wanted to watch it, so we paid for it. But I guess I was, that's the point. Like it's kind of cinema without actually like cinema. Right 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 it's thirty dollars in cinema. Well, because you're borrowing it for like a month right and like so many okay, people can watch, watch it, it no but i can also oh, give my friends access to my amazon prime to watch it so maybe they, you people oh, should oh, oh, contact me yeah it's amazon prime so oh, y'all yeah. should contact me i'm just five dollars <laughs> you can watch it <laughs> you too sure could watch you know. wonder woman <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a weird form. That's why I need to come out somewhere else. I guess, I guess. Yeah, so let's jump right into the topic. This Wait, is... guys. Your mama has come again, yeah? What do you mean, mama has come again? <laughs> I, I, I just want to say something. Okay, I want to add something that happened in my week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop now. I'm actually being serious. You guys saw that Gorilla Glue babe. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I'm genuinely out. thinking like I'm actually sad. Like that has stressed my week. Yeah, like that has out. been stressful. So yeah, that's something that happened in my week. I'm somewhere in between. It's funny and I'm also scared Same. for her. Same. Like it's I, somewhere I in like between. At first that. it was funny and then now I'm just like it's not like now I'm just like this is it's not I'm not laughing anymore. Like this stuff is not leaving our head. I don't think it's coming off it comes off her scalp is coming off it did her scalp there's no it's been in her hair for a month yeah i think hadiza doesn't know about it because she she's off social media Oh, okay. But that's so crazy. Like, once you just unplug, you literally... You literally, yeah. It's you like, don't know anything yeah. going on in yeah. the world. Okay. Is yeah. that all you so wanted what happened? to happen? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to know oh, what happened. Imama, narrate, please. Um, <laughs> so, essentially, there's this lady on... There's this lady that posted a video where she used Gorilla Glue. So, not Gorilla Snots. Like, Gorilla Glue, the stuff that you used to... Literally, it glues metal. It glues everything. Yeah, I've used and Gorilla Glue move. before. That thing is scary, scary sure. Exactly. So, like, she there's was, a like, spray for it. Why? There's a spray, which is like, I actually didn't even know there was a spray, but apparently, like, her got to be glue finished. So she was like, oh, let her use Gorilla Glue to, like, slick her hair down Jesus. because she thought that it would kind of do the same thing and her hair is not moving. It hasn't moved for, like, a month. Like, she showed a video of her, like, literally washing the hair and, like, it's and it did not static. Move. It did not budge. Yeah. <laughs> is that a surgery kind of situation? She went to the ER, though, like, and Tony they couldn't even do actually, anything. Maybe Tony can educate us. It's true. This yeah. is the medical episode. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, so what is your diagnosis? <laughs> I don't know that it would be. No, no, no. If what would Tony, you what have done? Treatment plan. What's no, because Tony plan? is in the ER. Um, yeah, yeah, so rotation. So what is her ER. treatment plan? Dude, I don't even know what. I don't know. Apparently, she said a dermatologist recommended acetone. Yeah, that's what they've mm-hmm. been doing. I and saw she tried that, which is just no. But like, okay, but I have a question though, because like, as a biomedical engineer, 
just joking, get out. I didn't mean But I just thought, like, I thought, like, acetone would essentially make her head be hot. So, like, wouldn't acetone, like, burn, it's like, an burn alcohol. her scalp? Well, it's a ketone. It's kind of like an al- Yeah, it would burn her scalp. Did you not see the video? She was, like... She was, yeah, it was kind of, like, in pain, pain when they were pouring yeah. the acetone. But, like, what, what else can she do? Yeah, what are the alternatives? Like, what imagine the stuff growing know. there, though. Because the hair... How... She's... If she's had it in for a month, she's definitely had new growth. Yeah. So where's that hair? Like, it should be pushing, you know... You that get, thing you, up. Like, it should be pushing the goo up, but that thing is still there. So, like... Ah, God forbid. Oh, my I don't know. She might just need some wigs or maybe a hair transplant. Just, I wonder if they, like, would need to pull her scalp back. Surgery? I yeah, don't know. I mean, like, I was thinking surgery, honestly. That's but honestly, crazy. I don't know. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for her. I feel so bad for her. But this is not a topic for today. It's just something that happened. No, we're like looking at medicine stuffs now. It's actually oh, it's true. This is medicine stuffs. Maybe, maybe if a wise person had gone in it's and did the same thing, maybe they would have <laughs> found a solution. Maybe they would have. Maybe they would have, maybe they would have yeah. Well, <laughs> topic. Gorilla they may have. We may have even. I feel like I feel like they should have like an antidote. Not antidote, but no, yeah, yeah. They yeah, can yeah. like be like. I feel like they can like probably reverse engineer like the whatever it is so they can maybe this one inspire them to do that now yeah they should be able to reverse engineer that I think no I think the gorilla glue people literally replied and they told her to use acetone they they told her that's all to use alcohol and like warm water and soap Mm -hmm. but like I feel like now I feel like they can reverse engineer this like go and do it now be on the case <laughs> Small biomedical engineering degree. Join, join the team to um, remove the thing from yeah. her scalp. Anyways, um, guys, um, we'll keep praying for her. <laughs> That's what we can do. But I, I thought before we actually discuss medical racism, that I think we should actually talk about racism in and of itself, because, like, I guess we want to actually define kind of like what it is and what it is not. So, does anyone really have an idea of what exactly constitutes racism? Imama, you are our English teacher. Do you want to uh, Google it? Um, I... Okay. <laughs> I could Google it. I could Google what racism is. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like every time I read the Google definition of racism, I'm just never convinced. You are left well, really... uh, wanting. Exactly. That's, that's literally, I'm left wanting. Like, I just feel like it doesn't do it justice. But anyways, so it says that racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against the people or person on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group. <laughs> Typically one that is a minority or marginalized. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm, they said typically Google is being PC. Yeah, th- that's what I mean. Like, it's like, I feel yeah. like it, it never it's really always, like gives me what I'm looking for. A marginalized group. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, they're like typically, okay. So <laughs> the, the other, I should not make typical... be racist to a white person. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> we don't do that um, here. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's why I feel like it just kind of always leaves me wanting, like you said. But I mean, I guess everything but the, Typical, typical, typically part, part, and I mm-hmm. think we should be good. You really struggled with that. I struggled with that one. <laughs> I struggled with that one. I was like, typical, typical. Okay, anyways. Um, yeah, but yeah. um, I guess the reason I wanted to kind of dial it back to really talk about racism, first of all, it's Black History Month. Um, We're here. And also, like, because the racism, I feel, has taken a different, um, it has morphed into something different nowadays because I feel like white people always expect racism to be like, you know, MAGA people, um, mm. 
shooting black people or like you know deny them entry into somewhere which is like you know the old school racism but like right now it's like ingrained in society it's like systemic it's um aggressions and stuff like that and it's more passive so i just wanted to bring that up because it kind of plays a role in like the medical racism thing that we're about to talk about because it's never really white doctors saying I'm not going to treat you because you're black it's never that so I, I feel like a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're like of course I'm not racist like of course I don't mean harm on like black people but then there's also in fact there's implicit biases that affect you and I feel like that's usually where it comes into play where it's like you didn't intend to but you are predisposed to think that that this set of people are like this so you approach it that way so i don't know what are you guys' thoughts on like racism nowadays like in what um aspects do you see it on a day-to-day like in what aspects do we see would you yeah would you see like prejudice like towards black people as constituting racism I think racism today is definitely very subtle. Like, there's obviously still, like, you know, the Trump supporters and KKK and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the racism that we see is systemic and a lot of it is very subtle ways to, like, just let black people and other people of color that they're not wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think that another form of racism that we tend to kind of ignore is the racism that other people of color perpetrate against black people. Because Mm. let's be honest, like, as black people, we are quote-unquote at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to like race mm-hmm. and people don't want to admit that and i found that i found that other people of color sometimes tend to like chunk black people like when they in, when they, when they mean to refer to a black person they'll just say people of color like no you mean yeah, black like, person no you mean black like, people. no 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 i'm not like not just people of color like specifically a black person because mm-hmm. there's a difference sometimes yeah. Um, yeah. when it comes down to it and yeah so i think definitely that's the type of racism that there is today and is and whenever i think of this question i think of just like how when joe biden won everyone was like oh yeah back to normal racism and like, <laughs> like back to normal no, Loki. Loki, it's true it's like, true did not lie yeah it's like it i feel like people like doing like oppression olympics but it's no yeah it's not, and do you think that's like worldwide or do you think that it's just a yes. an american thing I think black people are at the bottom of the totem pole well, worldwide. Even worldwide. in their own countries. That's definitely true. No, honestly, we've actually suffered. Oh, my shit. suffered everywhere. Yeah, but we can, we hate to see it. And we can jump right into like racism in healthcare. And Tony, we'll we'll let you take this one away because like you're probably the one that has seen it most because you're in med school basically. And I wonder like where in the system, in the healthcare system generally, have you seen this happen? And like, have you seen instances of it? Have you experienced any instances of it as well? Yeah. Wait, so I have I can, a, sorry, I just, sorry. I just have a question, Matilda, when you're asking that question. Like, are you asking if she has experienced it as a black person or if she has seen, like, her patients experience it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I mean, both. Like, has she okay. seen it in any instance, like, personally? Okay. Yes, I have. I've seen it in patients. I've seen it in myself. <laughs> I've seen it, yeah, every You've seen it in I've yourself? Said, like, with you've seen, myself. Okay, not, not, okay. Not me being racist to someone else. You <laughs> said not me being racist. Being, <laughs> um, inadvertently racist to me. Not blatantly racist but Mm -hmm. definitely racial bias um so i can give a few examples yeah Mm -hmm. first time i realized you know like this place is like different because like i I was talking to um matilda and i was telling she was asking how many people in my class so uh, there's 270 people in my class there's only four black people in my class after like 270 and we're all girls there's no black men in my class what black people there's four out of 270 people in your class 
Um, and just like quick stats, black people make up 6% of doctors in America. That's 6%. So in my, that's already bad enough. So my school okay, is like, black in my school, black people Asia. make like one point something percent of, 1. of the 4, class. 1.45 or 48 or something yeah. like that. So but that's, that's how bad that's it is. <laughs> I have a question though, and I, I kind of know the answer, but I'm asking it just to clarify with like, you know, everyone listening. Why is that such a bad thing? One. And two, why do you think that happens? Um, so one, I think it's a bad thing because especially for where my school is, like my school's in Philadelphia, very diverse, very black area. I think it's very important for patients to have providers that look like them. I mm. think that it perpetuates a white savior trope if you're constantly having white physicians take care of black patients. Um, I've noticed that my patients tend to listen to me more, even though I'm technically not a doctor yet. Mm-hmm. When I'm working with my attending physician, my patients tend to look to me as the one to give them the advice, not the white wow. physician in the room. Like that's just something like even my residents that I work with have noticed that I'm able to relate more with my patients. There's more trust in the relationship when we can just talk about random stuff like, oh girl, your hair looks good. Or did you see that post about X and X on the shade room or just something random like that? Like mm-hmm. it just makes it more relatable. And what was your second question? Like, why do you How think that happen? happens? Why yeah. do it happen? There's many different reasons and I can, I'll try to not talk too much about this, but one thing I've noticed about black people in med school. So yes, 6% of black people are physicians in America. Dive deep into that number. Most of them are African. Most of them are immigrants. <laughs> I can't lie. Uh... It's, and it's so heartbreaking because the, I, like, I'm so happy that, you know, like these immigrants have their, their parents came here for a reason and we've been able to make it. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm grateful that I was able to come to med school in America, but I just really think that it, it's such a disservice for African Americans. Mm-hmm. That's even such a lower number. And there's so many factors that go into it the exams you have to take to get into med school the mcas is like 500 dollars applying I'm to sorry, med school, what <laughs> applying the application to med school i probably spent about six thousand dollars applying to med school because you have to pay for each school each school's that disqualifies like me <laughs> and there's, so there's like fee waivers, there's fee waivers for people from for people from lower income backgrounds there's fee waivers and it's the same it's the same application for canadian med schools as well so it's about the same price mm-hmm. um there's fee waivers for lower income, but not everyone gets the fee waivers. And then you have to think about the cost of, um, you have, you have to travel for interviews. All that stuff is expensive. And then just like the systemic things, like the prison, um, the school to prison pipeline. Let's say like you have a boy, a 13 year old boy who has a bright future ahead of him, but his dad is in jail and everyone pretty much around him has ended up in jail. He's not really going to think he can do anything with his life. The odds are he's probably just going to be like, you know what? This is kind of what I've seen everyone else around me do. Whatever. Like, let me just like continue the same life. And if I end up in jail, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And most times we see a cycle of like, my dad was in jail. I'm going to jail. My, ch- my child's going to end up in jail. Like, it's a cycle. So the, the thing is like, so this, the racism in America is so deep that mm. for when, whenever people say like, oh, like African Americans are lazy, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> like, how do you tell someone who is seeing teenage pregnancies, their um, parents going to jail, their parents selling drugs, their their friends being in gangs? Like, how do you actually tell that person meaningfully you can do something with your life? Like, what that doesn't mean anything to someone. They haven't seen examples. They of haven't it. seen yeah. examples of it. They mm-hmm. haven't seen someone. It's very rare for someone to break that cycle. How do you tell them like? you should go to school when they're trying to work two jobs to stay, Mm -hmm. you know, to make ends meet. So it's like priorities, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not that black people are dumb or like, you know, they don't want to do the work, but it's like, 
they have real we you know we have real issues we're going through mm-hmm. and med school is expensive like it's eighty thousand dollars a year yeah so like okay you get financial aid but like why? how much of it's really like let me tell you guys i am wasting my time because all my friends at my age are working right now and yes it's going to pay off eventually but like you really have to have that thought like that in like mind yeah like mm. you really have to like pace yourself it, it pays oh off God. but it will take some time I am poor at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just thinking okay about like, just the price of, like, everything. Like, $80,000 and then the $6,000 to even just apply. It's expensive. Mama is like, doing the math. <laughs> no, I, I promise. I'm actually doing the math. It's my head is pretty <laughs> Yeah. So, like, they basically, by making it expensive, they've already weeded out so many exactly. people that yeah. could have applied. Yeah. I guess it's also, if you think about it, because med school is really for smart people. Kudos to it's you guys. Hard. It's hard. So, even to get into school mm-hmm. i was reading somewhere that like you kind of need ap classes in high school and yeah. in black yeah. neighborhoods a lot of these schools don't even have ap programs yeah. so it's like how am i even going to even make the minimum grade like if i get yeah. over the money barrier or even if i have like grants and stuff like that how am i even going to get the grades to be here there's like yeah. so many things black people are juggling versus like the other racial groups that mm-hmm. are just like kind of like they have everything set for them they can just all they have to study essentially yeah i know essentially yeah that's really all they have to do like even taking mcat classes that's another thing like mcat is a difficult exam to get into med school the classes are very very expensive they can go up to the thousands just to take the class i've seen this personally i know my friend is applying to med school and she's written the mcat like i think it's the second time now and honestly it's too much like it's like it's what seven eight hour exam it's yeah it's a long exam i can't do it personally to go to school. Um, the ghetto. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, no, it really actually, is. It's the ghetto. Let me. That is wild. Be very that is so wild. I actually didn't know all of this. Like, there's a part of my life where I really wanted to go to med school, and I feel like if I knew this, I would have said no earlier. <laughs> I mean, or maybe like, you'd have been well prepped. I mean, I eventually said no, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I said no earlier, but no, that's crazy. Yeah. And to I your points like- about AP classes as well, I think personally, I personally think that pre-med degrees are a scam because I can't, my degree is useless. I, I'm not doing anything with my degree. I wasted four years of my life just to get to med school. And that's like, that's another way the American educational system makes money because mm. in England, you go straight, you go straight into med, med school. school. There's no reason I should be doing this four years of just like something else. I get it. They say that it's so it. that you are a well, well-rounded individual as a doctor. <laughs> Well-rounded, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot wait, of wait, time. But Matilda, when you say like well-rounded, like explain, because I don't get. I guess they want you to come in with knowledge of something else and not just like med school, like not just well, medicine. Isn't that what like secondary school is for? Every high school is for. <laughs> no, no, I actually don't know. I'm American high school is actually very different, and I noticed that when I came into college because I went to high school in England. Mm-hmm. I went, or well, mm-hmm. I'm saying high school. I, went, I did A levels in England. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and so I technically got because A level was quote-unquote Nigerian British slash Nigerian education and quote-unquote more difficult in American high school education I came in with what they would call AP credits yeah. so I like I didn't have to take most like my science prerequisites I had 27 credits which saved me so much time and I was like I was doing so much better than like my co-freshmen like people in my class and it was because like I had just received a better level of education from A-levels in general um, but most people who come in without any AP credits, they end up having tickets on my class. That's so Americans can't pay. teach, essentially. American high school system, most American, like, <laughs> especially public high school, is just, it's not great. 
Wow. wow. It's very bare, ba- like bare basic. Like a lot of the things I knew, like people didn't know. And I was like, what did you guys do in high school? Bruh. And not even like in mm. extended manner. I was just like genuinely like, what, what were you guys doing in these AP <laughs> so I'm genuinely concerned. What did you do? <laughs> No, that's wild. That's wild. But um, I was watching this video. It was on social media a couple of, was it a month ago or something like that? At the end of last year, there was this doctor. Her name is Dr. Susan Moore. And she, I think she herself was a doctor and she had COVID and she's like an mm-hmm. older lady. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear about that yeah. at all? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, she um basically went to, into the um ER because obviously she had COVID and she was feeling so much pain. She couldn't breathe and stuff. They were about to literally send her back home. And she was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm a doctor. I know how I feel yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Sha, they did a scan. And I think they were mm-hmm. able to see the stuff in her lungs. Mm-hmm. So she had to like prove mm-hmm. that she yeah. was sick before they admitted her and eventually like she made a video and that's how the whole world knew she said she wasn't being treated well blah 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 and stuff Mm -hmm. like that she feels like it's racism by the way she's black and then um they sent her home even before she recovered and like what two days later she had like um an episode or something like that she died Mm -hmm. and like it was just one of the instances that triggered people to kind of talk about this thing and it's not the only instance like we heard about it was it last year as well there was a whole case we even talked about it on this podcast when we said oh we're eventually going to do this episode remember that one where the woman was like pregnant yeah yeah and like literally her husband had to try to like you know let them know but she eventually died anyways so and this happens on a larger scale these are just people that make it big and you know that this woman is a doctor um Mm -hmm. dr susan moore so she was even able to at least pop publicize it but this happens on a large scale and it's just like what about doctors um i don't even know how to ask this question what is it why why can't they see why why don't they treat black people the Uh same sometimes anyways i'm 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 not trying to generalize but it happens add to that question like i don't know if this like i don't know if this is true but like i did hear something about like how like they see black people like black people pain is like uh-huh. scored a different way yeah. than other people's pain so is that actually true or is that just like rumor um, or whatever it's like true it's true to an extent so it really ha- it all boils down to like medical education and what are medical schools teaching students and then going further into that it boils down to medical history like what was what are the historical aspects of like you know these like physicians and all these like people that made all these um medical algorithms for us to use so when it comes Mm. to pain i can give an example of that so that all goes back to slavery um Mm. and how they believe that you know like black people had thicker skin (laughs) so black people can take pain more so let's beat them more because they have a higher tolerance for pain and that trickles down into the medical system and there was actually a study that they did with medical students and with physicians actual physicians and I think about 50% of them believe that black people really had thicker skin. Physicians, though. I'm, I'm actually... <laughs> actual medical... So wait, what, what was their basis? Like, how did they explain that? It was just a survey. I've, I've, I can send it to you guys after. It was a survey and it was like, black people have medical skin, yes or no. I mean, no medical skin. Black people have thicker skin, yes or no. And yeah, some of them just, really believe just, that. That's why just based on skin color. Yeah. Wow. I don't know where... Like, there's no... The thing... This is the issue that... There's something called race-based medicine... 
and this is hmm. such a is such a huge topic. But the thing is, race based medicine is basically treating someone differently, giving them a different set of medications, using a different set of algorithms for them, solely based on how they look. The thing about medicine is that it's very algorithmical, and that's because you have to move quick because it can be a life or death situation. So let's say someone has hypertension, for example. If I have a black patient that has hypertension, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to give them a different set of medications than a white patient who has hypertension. Why? Because apparently black people react better to this set of medication than white people. Where's the scientific evidence? It doesn't exist. Huh? Where's <laughs> medicine? Read, I don't guess. <laughs> so I read the trials. I like I because I I wanted to know. So I went back to read the clinical trials. One, they kept on interchanging black and African American, which is stupid because I'm not I'm black, but I'm not African American. African American. So like the way that they're doing this, a lot of these trials, or that they used to do a lot of these trials, is that they would look at a patient. So let's say in my mind you walk into the room, I just look at you. I'm not going to ask you. In my mind, <laughs> you're already African American. In my mind, you're already African American because you're black. So I'm black. going to give you a different set of medications just because you look African American. But you're Nigerian. Mm-hmm. So are you telling me that Nigerian people versus American black people, like what? Wh- like what are the what? What does What's that actually the correlation? Mean? Yeah. Just the color of your skin. It's just the color of your skin. That which so crazy. And that goes into so many things. And then when it comes to them just treating black people's pain differently, you know, like with opioids. White people are more likely to get opioid medication, opioid pain medications mm. for whatever, for whatever condition that they have versus a white patient who's, versus a black patient who's genuinely in pain and they will withhold those opioid medications from them. And granted, we know that, you know, opioids, you can, you can be hooked very easily. Yeah. But for like some Yeah. So then why do you cell, give white people then? Like, just don't give anybody. Yeah. <laughs> don't give anybody like, and they will be fine. There's like a belief that, you know, black people tend to just be, especially black women tend to be more hysterical with their pain and over, exaggerates all the all these like angry black women stereotypes they translate into medicine all these stereotypes of black people there's like a there's a medical implication there's a a medical application to them yeah it's it's all hidden i think it's people don't really think about it day to day but like the way our society is it it permeates um i'm using big words i don't even know it (laughs) it goes <laughs> it goes into ev- literally every single aspect of our yeah, society, like religion. Everything. It goes into um, medicine. So, like, don't think that this is going to happen in y- your workplace and it's not going to happen in medicine. Like, yeah. It's just crazy. Well, that is so crazy. And I feel like, I mean, like, obviously all racism is bad. Like, there's none that is good. But for me, I just feel like medical racism angers me more because it's like, this is racism that can actively yeah. kill. Like, I mean, yeah. every racism can kill, but like, <laughs> this one, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like this one is like, they're meant to help you, but like, they can actually kill you while trying to help you or while trying to, I don't even know. It's just, it just feels like a more aggressive type of racism to me. Yeah. But like also hidden. It's like aggressive And I think but it's hidden. also subtle. Yeah, very yeah, subtle. It's not something it's you like, can address because yeah. literally like, okay, as someone who just goes to take medication, right? You enter the hospital or clinic and you mostly see the doctors alone. So you can't really assess like yeah. 
how you are being treated as compared to the next person yeah, yeah that's right? true yeah. so it's kind of like you know you're just like you just take it and a lot of people i don't know if people here trust the medical system but like i guess i used to be inclined to trust the medical system but like so honestly recently especially uh i guess last year with um all the black medical deaths and stuff like that and even stuff happening here as well in canada i just don't know if i really do anymore but like mm-hmm. yeah like you just don't have a point of reference as a black person mm-hmm. they're really free to do everything and it's not just black people as well funny enough i know we're talking about black people but funny enough i think um also this is going to gear off a little bit but in canada recently um uh, there was this first nation person that died within the hospital in the hospital just for a treatable um condition as well also due to medical racism and mm-hmm. yeah i just think it's crazy because they wouldn't do that to white people but it's so as you said it's really hard to prove like even as a black person and this is on a day-to-day basis it's not even just in medicine it's like a lot of times you're second guessing yourself you're like was this really racism or was this just a really bad person like do you get what i mean like is this a bad doctor or am i actually like it's something that i can't even touch like even if i'm going to sue you how am i going to prove that this was Mm -hmm. racism it's just so hard yeah yeah but a lot of gaslighting yeah and gaslighting yourself (laughs) because you're like maybe i'm overreacting like yeah and it's so crazy because like i mean you said like there are trials and stuff so it's like even if you now ask okay give me the proof they will now give you like oh there's this paper that was written so so, so, so years ago mm. but if you now read the paper it's like okay but it's not really saying anything yeah. but it's like who's actually going to go in there and read that yep. paper I mean obviously except like except people like you but it's like if you give me a paper you tell me oh this was written this yeah. was, so, so. I'm just like okay you just take I hear it. you this is proof I'm like you know just keep it moving but I yeah. suppose but there's so research crazy. that's also affected by racism as well like racist mm-hmm. medical research that literally yeah. suggests that um I don't know what to suggest, but like it's basically racist because like their assumptions. Because I I can imagine in a yeah. research you'd be making certain assumptions and be um carrying out your experiments in a certain way that may not be racially sensitive, yeah. and so mm-hmm. your results will reflect your methods basically. Yeah. So yeah, like it, there's probably research out there to support their racism. So it's it's really 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 scary. But I think we should also talk about implicit bias, and this is one that I don't even know how to address because i've heard somewhere that this is actually not a black people problem like racism is like we already know that it exists so it's really up to like white people or like really whoever is being racist to black people to resolve within themselves because we can't really prove it so like how exactly do you deal with implicit bias and i'm just going to um read a definition of what that exactly is so they say like thoughts and feelings are implicit if we are unaware of them or mistaken about their nature. So I guess it's kind of like a thing that due to our lived experiences, there's a lot of things that happen that you react to and you act based upon, but you are not really aware that it's there. Mm-hmm. It's like you can have a stereotype about someone and not actively think about it, but your actions will reflect what is already there but you don't know is there do you get what i mean yes so it's like all these white people that say they're not racist but will still take racist actions so I th- yeah. I feel like that one is the scariest one because how exactly do you how do you how come do you for come that? that and it might mm-hmm. not just be white people 
Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. I was going to bring it up when um you were saying like you um you mentioned that you were also um a victim, like you've experienced it before. I thought you meant like you've also like perpetrated the problem. I cannot say that black people are exempt from this, like black physicians are exempt from this as well. Because surely they too have biases against themselves. Like there's such a thing as self-hate. Yes. So I can imagine that black people too would think, oh, like when they get a black patient, they're like, oh, this one is automatically going to be more difficult. And so they'll treat them accordingly. But uh, yeah, Tony, how do you think this can be resolved? (laughs) (laughs) Please, because we, we, us, we're not in medicine. So so my school actually does um, implicit bias training for everyone. It's, It's mandatory for students. And then for faculty, I believe it's mandatory... I think they're making it man, or they've already made it mandatory for faculty. So we do every year. Um, for me, I, when I, so we've done, I've done the implicit bias test, bias test, I think. What was the results? I was, um, I was more if you preferential. Can share. I was, I was more preferential for, for black faces. Mm, and I didn't have that um, test. Apparently, I was talking to my friend and she said, apparently, Black people are usually more preferential for white faces. No way. Uh, really? And I was like, it, it, makes sense. Sense. it makes sense though. You, did you grow up did in Nigeria? I grew up in Nigeria. So I was mm. like, maybe that's why. Yeah. No. But I was also that's thinking like, I think my subconscious, I, I think I subconsciously, I was explaining this to my friend the other day. I was like, I think I subconsciously programmed myself to just prefer black faces and be more comfortable mm. around black people. I feel like that's me. no because like if i see i've noticed that i get like if i'm in especially if i'm in a predominantly white space if i say black person i get like and i think this is all of us if i say black person i get very excited and i'm hoping that Mm -hmm. oh maybe that's my attending physician for the day like i'm hoping that there's someone like high up there so that like they can like you know in my mind i'm like oh yeah crushing stereotypes like yes like you go Mm -hmm. so in my mind i think i just tend to um relate any positive thing with a black face Mm-hmm. which I'm, I guess I'm happy I do that I don't know mm-hmm. but the problem is like even when you're aware of your implicit biases what do you do about them then you actively you have to be uh, that's the thing you have to, everyone has bias but like mm-hmm. is your bias negatively affecting somebody else's life because if it is then you really have to like you have to take a step back and be like alright what can I actively do like if I have these type of thoughts like you have to like the thing is that the reason we have biases is because it's like a quick it's like it's something called like an availability heuristic so it's like it's a it's a quick way for you to just like get the answer you want so like for example like let me think of it a stupid bias that we have in medicine is that like black people over exaggerate that pain so like in your mind you're like okay i have a black patient i just have to give them less a smaller dose of the pain medication this is an example like i have a black patient i just have to give them a smaller dose of the pain medication so that they don't overdose this is like this is just an example because thinking like that is a quick and dirty method for you to just be able to just treat your patients and keep it moving Mm -hmm. biases are ways for us to just like get through the world more efficiently yeah but like obviously it can be damaging to someone else's life and it can just like it can negatively affect someone else and i've been like i believe that i'm i always get not always but a lot of times especially on my rotations i get um implicit bias that has to do with my race it makes me feel horrible. Like there's nothing I personally can do about it. So, mm-hmm. could you give examples of to... some of the ones you get when you are on rotation? Yeah. Um. So one very annoying one, uh, and I'm just going to start with the disclaimer that I think all nurses are amazing. I think nurses like <laughs> nurses. We need you in the medical system. Like nurses make a very vital part of the team. There's no for me. There's no hierarchy. Like the nurse and the doctor. Like they both have separate jobs. Great. However, I'm not a nurse. I'm in medical school. <laughs> to become a doctor 
I've had patients. I hear shade, but go ahead. You know? <laughs> no, no, please. The thing is, like, I'll be in so, like, I'll just be in the hospital or I'll go see my patients. And a lot of times, it's white men that do this to me. I'm like, at one time, I was waiting for the elevator. I was waiting for the elevator in the hospital. This random white man just came, was making small talk with me. And then he's like, how long have you been a nurse for? I was like, first uh-huh. of all, when did I, in my mind, I'm like, did I tell you I was a, when did I, I, didn't, I never told you what I was. I was like, oh, I'm not a nurse. And he's like, oh, what are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm in medical, I'm, I'm in medical school. So I think if you hear I'm in medical school, the next thing is like, oh, okay. So you're going to be a doctor. No, he was like, oh, okay. So when are you going to become a nurse? Uh-uh. And I was like, what guy? Uh-uh. I was like, guys, yeah, are you okay? Like, did I, I just told you I'm in medical school. Yeah, so asking when I'm going to be coming. Who goes to medical school to go to become like what? So, so what it's just stuff like him? that. I told, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And he was, was like, shocked? oh, nice. He, he was like, he was like, oh, nice. And I was like, yeah, like I, I didn't, mm-hmm. you already asked me and I told you I'm in medical school. So then why did you ask me again if I was a doctor? Um, and mm. I've had, I've had people call me nurse multiple times. It, honestly, like, when is a black person? I'm like, okay, I'll forgive you. When is a white person? I'm like, you're very stupid. That's your implicit <laughs> bias, so. It's I don't even care. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's one minor one. And then the major one is that, so I'll just give a very quick overview of how grading in med school works. So, I'm on clinical rotations and a lot of the grading is subjective. A lot of my grading comes to anonymous feedback from the physicians I work with and from the residents I work with. And it, most times my feedback is, you know, was a great student, you know, like it's all positive and I'll take critical feedback. That's fine because I have stuff I need to work on. I often get comments very here and there saying looks uninterested. Ah, uh, does it look like I should be smiling and be laughing or I don't get um, it. Seems unengaged. And the thing oh, you mean is, from from patients? Not from patients. My, I, I've I've never had negative feedback from any of my patients from physicians and, and the physicians I work with. Oh, and I've I always I'm trying to see what I can do to improve for my next rotation. And I was talking to my mentor about this, and I was talking to my my friend who's a resident and she's black and she's Nigerian about this. And a lot of times, I think what 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 it boils down to is that, and I was wondering because I'm like, well, wait, so like how okay like i guess i don't have the friendliest face sometimes like i just i have resting face fair but we're wearing masks so like what do you want me to be doing to look less i guess intimidating? <laughs> you need to raise your eyebrows like, do you every know time because you know how white people are so perky like they talk this like, yeah oh like yeah i'm not that person and i'm so sorry that you need that to make you feel i guess less threatened or less uncomfortable by like my existence as a black woman mm. but i'm not going to change who i am just to make you feel more comfortable mm. and i think that that's that's my issue with medicine especially in america or i think it's just the workplace in america in general no it's, i don't even think it's you. america i think it's everywhere yeah, really here yes we didn't no, feel so i'm when here I'm saying, too when I'm saying america, <laughs> I'm talking about like no, the I'm, west well, let me say north america and also mm-hmm. in england it's probably in the yes, uk yeah, yeah. The west, west. I think. it's just the west it's a very like they expect you to just be happy 100 percent of the time and, and my friends my my black friend and to over listen to overshare <laughs> because why are you in my business, mm. my business. <laughs> if i'm not telling you about my business don't like don't ask me and it's like mm. and 
I've noticed because when I work with other med students, they're just so happy. And I'm like, there's no <laughs> way. There's absolutely you're like, what's no laughing you? Like, no, you guy, laughing? what's actually laughing you? There's no way you're this happy 100% of the time. I know you're faking it. I know. Like, there's no way. Like, it's always, hey there. How's it going? How's your weekend? I, like, guy, leave me alone. I'm trying to eat my lunch. <laughs> It's funny because like, you're actually <laughs> describing our workplace as well. Mm-hmm. I'm um, telling you, this thing so is everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. White people just, they need to be in your business. And if you're quiet and reserved, and I think it's a cultural thing as well. Yeah. Um, because I was talking to my Nigerian friend who's a doctor. She's, she works at my, the hospital at my school. And she was like, yeah, like sometimes I'll just be chilling and my, um, my colleagues will come up to me and be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> I don't like, guess. I'm just sorry that I'm not super perky at 6 a.m. in the morning. Like, what you want me to do? Um, so I think it does boil down to that. And the fact that, you know, like my parents, like, you know, I have my braids and then sometimes like I'll have my lashes in. So like it, that, that whole appearance of the black woman, can sometimes be intimidating for white people mm-hmm. and they don't want to admit that mm-hmm. because to admit that means that you know that you have racial bias but yeah. you just said you're not racist so you don't mm. i guess like does racial bias equal racist though i guess it's just a question to explore i think that racial bias feeds into racism mm-hmm. i don't think i think everyone has racial bias so i don't think that having racial bias means yeah i don't think it means you're racist no i Mm -hmm. don't i don't but i think that to to deny that you have racial bias can can be racist can be racist yeah i feel like that implicit bias test needs to be taken by more people just so it can it can call them out because what you are not aware of and what you um refuse to um admit is never like you're never going to deal with it yeah yeah a lot of people, a lot of white people, they just, they, race just makes them so uncomfortable. And I, I'm like, okay, like, guys, I'm not saying that you people are the ones that held black people in chains. Like, nobody's <laughs> saying that you people are in the KKK. Like, but you can acknowledge that you've been raised in a society that perpetuates certain stereotypes about black people, perpetuates mm-hmm. certain stereotypes about other um, races. Like, it's really your job to make sure that you're not further perpetuating those stereotypes. Same way that, you know, I'm Christian. Christianity has been a religion used to oppress other people. And I've started to have to like, you know, dial back and be like, okay, like what are actually some of the beliefs I used to have growing up in a Christian household that are actually not okay to have? It doesn't mean that my parents are bad people, but it just means that there's certain ideologies that I've grown up with that are just not okay. I definitely like agree with that in general. I think I need to send that test to some people that I work with. Mado! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm taking that out. I'm taking that out. <laughs> No, I love my workplace. I actually really do. Like that that's why I was asking the question, like, does that make you racist? Like, but yeah, it doesn't because we all really have bias. Yeah, it's just I feel like more white um I say white people, but I mean like more people in general, really. I say white people just because generally in the West, they are the ones with the power. So like, I just feel like more of them should take these tests. So like, at least you are aware of the fact that this is a thing. And then from there, we can go and start like, you know, thinking about solutions and all these things. But unless you are even ready to admit that there's a problem, you are not going to go into treating a black patient with the awareness that you, you even have a problem, you know? But that begs the question, is that you 
said like they do the implicit bias test. You've also talked about how there's an elective <laughs> that is there, but is there anything that they're doing, anything else they're doing in med school to help out? And do you think there's more that can be done? Yeah, I think there's always more that can be done. It's like yeah. there's way on, I feel like until black people in medical school reflect the percentage of black people in the general population or even better, more than the general population, then there's always more room. Um, but yeah, my, I, I definitely, my school is making efforts. Like I will definitely give them that they are trying and it really, it's, it's our office of diversity that's really carrying most of it on their back and I think now that like more it's more like institutional offices are started to like share that burden with them um but one thing I noticed was that during like the Black Lives Matter protests this summer a lot of my classmates kept messaging me asking what they could do and I was like you guys Aww. I love that for you but <laughs> Not, the black black yeah, um, liaison. I'm not the black liaison. Like oh damn Google things. Don't come at yeah. somebody wrote a letter to somebody and asked me to read it for them. I said that I'm sorry. Like I have I find things it I'm so doing in my life. I'm not supposed to be so an activist. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, I, I, I find off. it so interesting where no, 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 no. I find it so interesting when people other races do that. I had this one situation where a black person in my previous workplace mentioned to the owner that something w- was appeared racist, and the owner came to ask me, the second black person in the workplace, if I really thought it appeared racist. You have to get. I always have to get. And I was like, <laughs> bruh. I was like, you heard the girl. <laughs> <laughs> he said yeah. maybe, maybe your own black is <laughs> just a second opinion just just second black sure. opinion. <laughs> yeah that's definitely like that's I, I found that people constantly expect me to be a spokesperson for black people and i'm just not mm-hmm. and i think this is like a universal experience of just all black people um, yeah, predominantly yeah. white spaces. But yeah, my school's doing, I think they're doing a decent job. Like, they've increased scholarship funding for black students. They, they heavily support, um, at least Office of Diversity heavily supports the minority student groups, um, especially the ones that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they, they're doing curriculum ref- um, reforms for just including racism and racial bias. Um, one example is I remember my first year we were doing, so we do something like we do like um, patient clinical cases where we just like talk about patients and like their treatment plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and I vividly remember this was in my first year of school. We had a, the patient that we're talking about was black and, you know, black people always have hypertension and diabetes because you said always, I am great. Yeah. (laughs) Just sprinkle it in there. Yeah. Um, and we had a black patient that had hypertension. He had diabetes. And I remember our clinical facilitator was like, we were going over the cases and she goes like, okay, so like, what are his risk factors for hypertension? And so everybody lists everything. They're like, you know, unhealthy lifestyle, you know, he's overweight, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, you know, there's one more thing missing. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, (laughs) just say say it. it. (laughs) Girl, don't say it. (laughs) And then she goes, you know, I just, you know, his race. And I was like, hmm, that's very interesting. So I put my hand up and I was like, um, I don't, what, I was, I was just genuinely curious, you know, like, why, why, why does his race, why, like, what, what about his race puts him at a bigger risk for hypertension? And my sis could not answer the question. Uh, she said, because they said, so she said, Nami talk and believe me. No, <laughs> 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 please, okay. <laughs> no, honestly. 
my sis could not answer the question and I was like you see this is and this is a physician that has been practicing and this is a med student that has been in med school for one semester mm-hmm. and in my mind I'm she like must I have embarrassed yeah. <laughs> like, you've just been she must have been embarrassed so black people just me being black I'm just automatically at a so it's already an assumption like, as in, I have a gene for hypertension you know I think they, they try to explain it that way they don't actually try to consider okay that's like these exactly are societal factors and stuff they try to explain like it. social that's like exact- determinants of health yeah Listen. That's exactly how they used to teach it to me in my first year. And then they only started change. So they, so for an, an example is that they changed for the future classes, they changed that case and they've started talking about social determinants of health. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm interested in primary care and this is stuff that we do in primary care all the time. So like if I have a black patient with hypertension, I make sure I'm going, you know, and I should be going the extra mile for all my patients, but for me personally, I'll go the extra, extra mile for my black patients. Um, so I had a black patient who had had a stroke. And so I went to like talk to her, went to visit her in like her room. I would, I would have to check up on her every now and then. So when I went in to see her, um, I was just discussing with her her lifestyle because I noticed that no one had really done that with her. And turns out, you know, Aww. surprise, she wasn't living a very healthy lifestyle. She was, mm-hmm. she had, she had, she was pre-diabetic, which means that she was almost about to have diabetes mm-hmm. and she also had hypertension. So I had to, like, I was trying to like teach her and just like counsel her on like healthy ways to like live. And, you know, like this is exercise that you can do. Like you don't have to really like work out, but you can like take a walk around your neighborhood. She was like in her 60s. So I wasn't expecting her to do like anything crazy. And something she said that like really broke my heart was like, she thought that black people like she thought that just because she was black like she just that automatically meant like you know at some point in my life i'm going to have hypertension or diabetes or both that was that was basically her mindset and i was like you know like that doesn't have to be like the case like you know you have grandkids you have your kids like they don't have to have diabetes they don't have to have hypertension um and then i was so i I just like sat down with her to talk about that stuff and i I think she was very grateful for it um i hope she made changes i'm not expecting you know, I'm not naive and I'm not going to say that she definitely like walked out and was like a fitness guru. I'm not expecting that. But um, just little things like that. Social determinants of health like really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like she, so I was trying to tell her like, so we have a grocery store in America called Trader Joe's, which is like the best grocery store in the world. <laughs> and it's super cheap. And they have like really healthy stuff and really nice stuff. But the thing is, Trader Joe's, this is environmental racism. Trader Joe's is only in white neighborhoods. It's not in any black neighborhoods. That is so mm-hmm. crazy. So then if, if me, a black person from a lower income neighborhood sees only white people going into a store, I'm going to be like, what's my own with that one? That's so it's expensive true, for me. Actually. I'm going to think it's like whole food type of thing, you know? Yeah. So then I was telling her about Trader Joe's. I was like, hey, like Trader Joe's has really cheap stuff and they're like you know they're really healthy and she's like wait what i thought trade was expensive and i'm like this is part of the problem mm-hmm. it's all like there's i'm i don't want to sound like dr ma but like <laughs> <laughs> it's all the white man like environmental environmental racism is real like yes. in black neighborhoods food deserts you literally see mcdonald's kfc oh, yeah, the nearest grocery store will be like how many miles away yeah. so if i'm working mm-hmm. let's say i'm a single mom working two jobs Mm. Who, when am I going to have time to go to the grocery store and cook? Yeah. And then let's say I'm on food stamps. Mm. Like the food stamps in America, kind which is like boring. the benefit, like the benefit cards that people from lower income classes get, is limited yeah. on what you can get. Apparently, you can yeah. only get canned meats. Wow. Huh? Why the heck am I eating canned meats? 
I don't get. So like I'm yeah. they got like I'm again sorry to sound like Doctor Omar but like the government <laughs> plays a role in all of this thing and then you not that man has like, points so no, let's not so talk as if he doesn't have points. And then so and then you now turn around and like blame the black person for getting hypertension when first of all they started from like the bottom of the bottom yeah they can't afford this healthy food so of course they were going to get hypertension and diabetes. It's true. I think I had read somewhere that like black women are more likely to die of breast cancer and um, black men of prostate cancer. But it's not like, I think they've looked at it almost as like white physicians or like the general people have looked at it as, oh, this is just like a thing that maybe they're more predisposed to it and stuff. But it's not really true. It comes in the treatment, first of all, early diagnosis. And I know you were, yeah, I, I know you were talking about like, you know, neighborhoods and stuff like that but even the availability of hospitals in their mm-hmm. in their so, uh, environments like i have to travel literally to go to a hospital versus like probably a white person that knows where the nearest like hospitals are and stuff like that so it's just those kind of things and uh, again we don't trust healthcare let's talk mm-hmm. about that yeah. like even in the Nigerian society, like talking about going to the doctor is as if you are talking about going to <laughs> kill yourself or something like that. Cause apparently yeah. they think if you go to the hospital, you are going there to die. I don't know. Yeah. But like, it's just so many factors, you know, and I feel like at the end of the day, we can talk about a lot of things, but it, the change really comes from the system because it's deep rooted in everything. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. That's why I was like, we should cover racism first because like our society and the racism in our society is the reason this is happening. So if we're able to target that, then we're like, at least we're seeing like directly how it's affecting lives because everybody is going to be like it's a few bad apples but it's not it's a systemic problem and it's actually killing people Mm -hmm. like you know um i had a question um how can people in like regular people like for example dr susan moore at least she knew that she was receiving Mm -hmm. like the victim of like medical racism but like us the regulars that we don't know if if we're being treated Mm -hmm. badly or good and stuff like that how can we avoid this because we've talked about how it's a systemic problem and it's not going to change tomorrow so like in the meantime how do we protect ourselves what shall we do what shall we do (laughs) yeah i think that's very important to know like to know what you can do um just because if you don't know the like the medical lingo it's gonna be kind of hard to know like if they're doing the right thing for you or not but Mm. i think the first thing is watch grace anatomy sorry (laughs) if you want to be a surgeon then yes watch watch grace anatomy i 100 percent agree um but i think find a physician and find a primary care physician i think everyone should and not just because i'm biased because i was going to primary care but i think everyone should have a primary care physician Mm. um find one that you're comfortable with um, and I one. think you will know it. See, it. let me know. Like, Mine is Nigerian. Mom. I know you do. Imama, refer me. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. I will. I, I oh was looking God. at the um. I was looking at the percentage of black doctors in Ontario as well, or like, um, was it? I don't think it was doctors. I think it was nurse or um. What's the name nurse of that practitioners? thing? No, um, the woman that like that deliver babies. Midwives. Midwives. Yeah, I feel like it was in like the single digits or something as well, and I was scared because like shocking that pregnancy. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. Like Canada is heavy on the black people, so I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It's really scary because, like, pregnancy is one thing that scares me because a lot of times, yeah, okay, pregnancy is. It's one of the things that, like, as women, if you want to have a kid, you probably kind of are going to go through it. And, like, when you hear all these stories, it's always like pregnancy is already very risky. Like, like I'm scared to be pregnant, you guys. All these stories I've heard. And then imagine now you are telling them I'm feeling pain and this is mm-hmm. not normal and they're telling mm-hmm. you that you're lying. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you do? Please. Yeah. So I think, again, like, finding a primary care physician, find, when, when then when you become pregnant, so like, just establish care with an OB guy and you don't even have to be pregnant it's just like your for your guy and like your guy and stuff and like pap smears and stuff find an OB guy that you trust and I think how you will know that a physician is really invested in you as a person and as an individual versus as a race is that they will take their time to teach you you will know when a physician really cares about you because they will stay in that room with you for a good few minutes if they will like answer your questions. They won't make you feel rushed. If you come with a whole list of questions, they will take time to address those questions. Mm-hmm. When you find that a physician is kind of just like rushing, isn't explaining like medical uh, medical terminology to you, they're probably not the best physician for you and they probably don't care that much about you. And that's just the truth. So I think that's the first step to just knowing that, okay, this is someone that I can actually trust if something is going wrong. And then I think that you should listen to yourself and listen to your body. So let, let's say they put you on a medication regimen, but that medication regimen just for some reason isn't working out for you or you're getting side effects from it. Tell them. And if you tell them and they're like kind of sounding, you know, a bit skeptical or they just like are not hearing your concerns, then that's probably not the provider for you. That's not the provider that you want. So I think you will know when something is off. I think the best, the best way is really for them to just like explain things to mm-hmm. you explain things that you won't understand. Like for me, I don't like assuming that my patients are all medically literate because most people like, why would you know this stuff? Like that's so random, you know? Um, I like to like assume that they don't know medical terminology and I like to explain it to them in layman's terms. And I think that they really appreciate that when you take out that time, um, that extra time to explain that stuff to them. Um, And then when when it comes to pregnancy, pregnancy is honestly like, when I had my OB-GYN rotation, I was like, this is a lot. (laughs) This is things are happening like pregnancy can anything can happen at any minute in time um so i think again finding a, a provider that you know will listen to your concerns like any small thing especially if you're a first-time mother like oh like the baby i haven't heard the baby kick for like two days like what should like what should i do a provider that will listen to you and like will not make you feel like you're crazy um and then mm-hmm. when you're in labor you know anything can happen so just someone that and the thing is like at least when the hospital i had my ob rotation at like the, the physicians that they, they were very very like caring towards their patients they mm-hmm. would always go in and check in on them do like they would go into their their rooms like every hour so it's just make sure everything was going well like they had a call button if they needed the nurse or something and they would always listen to their concerns even for There's- the quote-unquote annoying patients so apart from like all of that, like, is there like organizations or things like that that can that are there for like black people in case they do experience like medical racism or like you know that just can help speak up on behalf of them? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the organization that I'm a part of is called the Student National Medical Association. Um, okay. It's a student-run organization. It's for it was started for predominantly like it's predominantly black organization, and then there's like the physician version, which is the National Medical Association, which is for physicians. And we speak out on stuff like this all the time. Um, we okay. speak out on how like there's higher cases of black maternal deaths, like 
a lot of black maternal deaths are from a good chunk of them are from preeclampsia. And the thing about preeclampsia is that it's actually very preventable and it's very treatable. Um, mm-hmm. Not preventable, but it's very treatable when it happens. Wait, sorry, what um, is preeclampsia? Just yeah, for us so preeclampsia <laughs> is basically it's a mix of things. It's hypertension and then you get like symptoms like you get, you have high blood pressure past a certain level, you get headaches, you get belly pain. And then it can, the reason that we're worried about preeclampsia is that it can become something called eclampsia, which is basically when you are having seizures and you're pregnant. And mm-hmm. that is like, you, sh- you don't want to have seizures when you're pregnant. I mean, that sounds very damage, scary. <laughs> and damage the baby. So yeah. anytime someone has preeclampsia, they basically put, they have to give them a certain medication regimen to make sure that they, they like prevent them from getting seizures. And if their blood pressure gets to a certain level, then they have to deliver the baby, even if it's early. Mm-hmm. So when someone has preeclampsia, they really have to be checking up with their doctor like at least once a week. Okay. And your physician should be listening to your concerns. Like if you feel like, let's say you're feeling funny one day or like you have like a weird like symptom, like blurry vision, that's something mm-hmm. that your physician should take seriously. So like when you're pregnant, this. it's very good for you to just like monitor your symptoms and it's good mm-hmm. for your doctors to be asking you these questions. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel like all of this is like definitely, definitely very important information because it's like me, <laughs> I feel like me, like the only reason why I, like whenever I go to the doctors or whatever and like I talk to them, it's like I ask questions, but that's just because I'm just a very curious person. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see how like somebody who is just like shy or like, you know, just mm-hmm. like, it's like, I can definitely see how they could... F- like even me, even like even me, like I can see how we can all just like fall into the whole trap of like just medical, like experiencing things that we're not meant to experience just based on like bias and like racism and stuff. So I think like this is all important to know and very, 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 very useful in this time just because like we need to, like we're not trying to have more black people dying for things that yeah. can be avoided. Like no, yeah. none of that. It's 2021. Surely we have gotten to a better place in like medicine yeah. or at least we hope we hope we have or, like we hope we, so, I anyways. hope so yeah I and I'm happy that you know there are people like you who will kind of how do I say be a face for black people in the medical field and uh you know hopefully with you more people are uh, kind mm-hmm. of encouraged to go through with it and also like I just hope you know we just see more black people in the medical field yeah more I black medical doctors I, hope, yeah. I really hope yeah. so too I'm like it's an crazy. advocate I thought- for any Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for just any black person going to med school. So if you guys oh, are yeah. a black person, I will put some black on this then. Nice. I'll send them all your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. It's crazy how I used to think uh, engineers had few black people, but I, I think I've um, reconstructed. <laughs> I mean, you probably do as well. <laughs> I do, man. I mean, it's few, but I'm four in 270. That's yeah, no, my school, my school is that an anomaly. My school is an anomaly. My friend's class, there's 30 of them out okay. of 180. So that's much like much better my school is yeah, that's unfortunately better, not I, actually my school is not an anomaly per se but not not all schools are like that mm-hmm. i guess like you said it's in the white uh kind of area too so maybe that no my school is not in a white area which is oh it's in philadelphia yeah oh philadelphia is a philadelphia which is very predominantly black black and refugee like not refugee well refugee to black and um immigrant uh, and refugee mm, population, ah, oh wow Oh, I saw, I saw this, um, I saw this TikTok thingy where, so this, this man, he's a, I think he's a PCP as well, a primary care physician. And essentially mm-hmm. he was talking about like, 
things that he felt like primary care physicians should do. And he was like, oh, that when his, when his patients come to him and they say that they have like a symptom, obviously like sometimes they've like probably gone and like Googled all of, actually, was it you that posted mm-hmm. it? I, it was, it was me. I shared it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, cause there, I know I, I saw it on like somebody's Instagram. I don't know if it was you or there's this other girl that I followed that's really into the whole medical stuff. So I wasn't sure, but I just thought like yeah. that was so cool. So that's, that's okay. how primary care physicians should be. Yeah, it was because I, I had never experienced that in my entire life. Like even with like my great Nigerian doctor, <laughs> it's just like I had never actually experienced them. Actually, I I didn't go over it. Let me just go over it. So he was like, oh, that he felt like when they came in, that he that they'd ask them, he'd ask them what their symptoms were or like what they had essentially googled. Because like obviously sometimes you yeah, actually go nice. in and Google all these things because yeah. like he felt like sometimes it's like they might obviously not that they were going to be hundred percent right but it's like they might have Googled something that he did not think of mm-hmm. so that way it helps him think of it and also kind of helps him talk helps him help them talk through it just in case Aww. just explain why it's not that or why it could mm-hmm. not be that or the potentials of it even being that I just thought that, that was just so cool and it's like it's n- an A plus man <laughs> an A plus. <laughs> No, but honestly, I just I just thought it was so cool because like I it's definitely nothing that I have thought of before. Like I was just like, oh, like if you tell them that oh you went to WebMDA, I just always thought they'd just call you <laughs> foolish, like because it's like no. So yesterday I googled like I had like a headache and my mouth was like tasting bitter. So I googled like hey Corona, bitter mouth is a Corona symptom. It is. You lose your sense of taste, no? Yeah, but that's not bitter mouth. Yeah, it's sense of taste. Anyways, Tony, you're the one in med school. What can I say? But it's like I had googled like headache and like bitter like mouth, and it's and literally the first like it was like meningitis. I like can we need to relax? Like we need to like just all like simmer down. I probably haven't eaten today, and that's what doing me but um i was just like imagine if i just like went to the doctor like sometimes i feel like when you google all the things and like you go to the doctor mm-hmm. and like you want to say that oh i think is this oh i think so i feel like, like oh like you're foolish like you're dumb <laughs> like, <what? laughs> they actually like, always do like I, but like that's what like what i was saying was there's this there's that tiktok where the guy was like he actually encourages patients to come and tell him what they think it is so that way he can actually walk them through it or they just talk to him about it and i just thought that was so cool like if really? a doctor actually reaffirmed me or just whatever it was i feel like i definitely would feel a lot more comfortable just expressing with them yeah Yeah. but i think that's why you need a primary care physician to be honest because physicians are great yeah i always go into like before i go into like a hospital hospital i go into like a normal clinic Mm -hmm. and i don't have a um pcp so like i literally just see any random doctor and they don't care about me like they really don't like you need to establish relationship i did a telehealth with one of them last week and i was just telling her like what i thought and i was asking her questions and i could tell she was rushing me off the phone yep <laughs> seriously she was like yeah 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 anyways i'll print out the form i'm like ah, 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 ah. i've not finished <laughs> what did you go to med school yeah, for that's how you know that so that you know that that's not a physician that you want and granted at least in america like i also cannot blame the physicians in part because fully at least i can't fully blame them sometimes because primary care physicians like the the model for like a the model for a primary care physician visit you really get 15 minutes to see the patient and in i've worked in, like when i work in clinic I get, you get 15 care, minutes you're technically supposed to have 15 minutes because you want to be efficient you want to see mm-hmm. as many patients as you can like you have less primary care physicians can see anywhere from 20 to 40 patients in a day and i'm not even i'm not exaggerating um so you have to be as wow. efficient as you can the less patients that you see the more like 
you know, the less money I'm making. And obviously the more time that you waste seeing patients, that also like when insurance comes into play and all that, like insurance is like the bane of every physician's existence. It's a mm-hmm. scam in America. So like all that stuff comes into play. So it's like, you want to do the best for your patients, but like you also like you, you have a backflow of patients if you spend more than a certain amount of time in the room with the patient. So there's mm-hmm. other stuff that come into play, but there's some patients that you're just, you go in thinking they're coming for a physical. Turns out they have like 10,000 problems. There's no way you can't do that in 15 minutes. Yeah. So there's some mm-hmm. patients that you really yeah. do have to take out the time and maybe, okay, I, like my mentor, when I, like when I would work with her, sometimes she'd have a patient she was supposed to see for 15 minutes and then it ends up being an hour visit because this person just has like, so much going on and there's no way so i should um, die because of your time so, <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking i understand <laughs> no so it, hopefully like it gets better like people are pushing for people to have more time at the at their physician visits and obviously it depends on the practice that you work at versus if you work at an academic institution like all that mm-hmm. stuff comes into play but i understand why some primary care physicians can be brash with their patients and very like cut mm-hmm. but at the same time like you're their primary care physician yeah, you need to like figure out what's going on with them. Yeah, hmm. anyway. maybe I should book an appointment with my primary care physician just yeah. for. You said he's Nigerian. Imama, actually, please plug me. I will. I will maybe plug the whole of Ottawa as well. Um, but if I plug the whole of Ottawa, I will not have my time. <laughs> but I'll plug you. I'll plug the people that ask for it, though. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay. But I think the best thing that we can all do really is just hold your physician accountable. And again, mm. like I said, like if you feel like something is off, something is probably off. Mm. Like make a note to your physician, and if you don't trust them, get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. If you have a doctor mm. friend ask them oh my gosh Tony you're my doctor friend now I'm screaming <laughs> seriously this is heavy seriously please you can text me I said eh, I am me. sorry my throat is itching me when okay, MD said this throat cancer I will not answer yeah, you I'm okay. my, my friends do this to me all the time my mom my mom does this <laughs> all the time this is actually why Nigerian parents say they want a doctor in their family Bruh. it's not but for anything my else my dad is a doctor so I'm okay. <laughs> it's a family thing okay but Nigerians we actually now we do education pass no for real yo that's crazy yeah thank you so so much for joining us and yeah, sharing your you knowledge and um yeah, thank you so much for coming and I know you're a busy babe yeah yeah, like, yeah. making out the time yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that you felt like we didn't ask? Yeah. Um. No, I think you guys covered the basics of medical racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think you guys covered most of. It. I think if anyone, there's so many resources on the internet. Yeah. There's a TED talk. I don't remember the name of it. I'll send it to you guys. Okay. And if you want, you can plug. Yeah, it. we'll definitely post it. It's just but, one yeah. of those things that y'all should definitely know about, and um, be be on the lookout for it, especially in these COVID times and everything. Because, in fact, like I have so much experience with healthcare, it's gingering me. But like, I will even go on. I don't know if any of it is racism rather than just general negligence. But yeah, I've received a lot of that, so it's definitely something you guys should be aware of and um fight for yourselves and get black physicians i I honestly i honestly feel like that's at least one very Mm -hmm. like it's a way to at least weed out a lot of this thing like i feel like 
by God's grace, like when I have a kid, which I kind of want a kid, so I'll eventually mm-hmm. go through that thing. I'm going to look for it. Go through that thing. No, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look for, to look for a vegan. black. O- no, o- honestly, o- seriously. Yeah. Like before I got like my PCP, I actually actively looked for a black yeah, physician. I didn't want just any. It's actually funny. I have um, a, well, it's not my story, but like I know one of my friends, uh, who's one of my friends who's trying to become a therapist and everything. I guess that this can also be medical, but like, this is more therapy, but it's like, she was talking about how like some of the people who she was like in school with, like they're all, I guess, training to become, training to become therapy sounds weird, but like they're all going towards that area of becoming a therapist. And she was saying how like a lot of times she just experiences or sees how they just make all this like racist or just like ignorant comments. And she's just like, wow, you people are going to become black people's therapists mm-hmm. like that is wild like that is actually crazy obviously like they're not black they're white right and she's like they just say all these things and like she actually sometimes like almost like nervous for like their future patients mm-hmm. and i'm just like that is so scary because like if it's somebody like if somebody working with them can see how they can be negligent to like future patients like imagine patients who actually just they don't even know any better so I feel like getting a black physician or like black therapist, just like black yeah. people really in those positions is very important just for... You know what's more was. painful even in all of this? Because at least like if Africa could get their shit together, at least you'd be like, okay, let me just go back to the place where everybody looks like me. <laughs> yeah. But we can't even, we don't even have that. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, okay, your best Nigeria, bet is actually here. Okay, Nigeria. Because my, see, this was my, my good intentional plan when I first said I wanted to be a doctor. I had a plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to med school go back to Nigeria. In America. And as soon as I graduate med school, I'm going back to Nigeria. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what, what am I doing there? You know, I still, I really still would like, I, in long term, yes, I see myself living in Nigeria, but right now, I am, um, that's just not, that's not happening. Like, I have, have money to make. I have money <laughs> you to know, make. you know, you know, bro. A very serious country. But, but yeah, we definitely need crypto. They have. <laughs> no, I don't care. They're so annoying. People. Like, they just, they just do things that just aggravate me, but that's what it's talking yeah. for today. But it's honestly, painful because they actually just woke up one morning and said, "Oh, by the way, by the way, <laughs> how about we like, cripple a whole sector again?" Gosh, it's like I feel like because like I mean, when you even think about it, like you know how much I said, like if you could just go back to Africa, if things are working there, it's like a lot of like people in the diaspora actively actually want wanted to or thought about going back to like Africa, like you know, their countries in Africa to make things <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah, but it's just like. The you try and then the government, just, the government, you try to the government, do something. The government, the government just like pushes you back. Yeah. They're just like, here you go, yeah. like you cannot pass. Any small thing that you try to do to progress, they, they always find a way. And yeah, so I think I ideally, my husband would be rich in Jesus' name. Amen. Ideally, Amen. Back Amen. To <laughs> but you know, I can't do that right now. Like doctors there make like, Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have to have a side hustler. I'm not a hustler at the moment. So. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that because I always feel lazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a very one hustle person. I just think I want to hustle. See, Tony, please, Mama, please don't follow Tony. How old hustle is different from us. She's doing doctor. Hustle is medical field. Bro, it's not the same trajectory. Tony will be racking in 400K. I'll be here. You know, you'll be here saying one hustle. One hustle. Please. 
it's true. It's, it's true. It's true. not the same. Maybe Never eventually mind. I will get to a second hustle, but for now. There's no the Tony you are set. I mean, I'm talking about for if I if I ever decide to do crack and move back to Nigeria. said do crack and move back. It is crack. Actually screaming. Yeah. But thank you so so much. Um is there a way for people to reach out to you or would you like people to reach out to you? Like if you have any more questions. Can it pay you are going somewhere and they do racism to you? And you said, Oh, let me ask Tony. <laughs> Maybe you want someone to second your thoughts. Is this racism? Tony, how do they reach out to you? My Instagram, well, my Instagram is private, but if you don't know, I'll let you follow me. Um, it's at T O N I O K U. B O Y E J O, so it's at Tony Okubuejo, and the same thing for my Twitter, which is not private, so you can DM me on Twitter. <laughs> okay, yeah. thank you so so much, and y'all will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.